0: Right. Welcome to Get It Done Sports Radio with your host Kareef Bird. Our program is an inside look at the total high school athlete and the college recruiting process and we'll give you a better understanding of who Get It Done Sports is and how we produce a new generation of athletes today. Now, here's your host Kareef Bird.
1: Good morning, Radio World. It is the 1st day of October 2013 and I hope Everyone is having a great day and enjoying the first part of the week so far. Today, we have a special guest in the house. His name is Steve Calhoun, uh, no, all, better yet known as the quarterback guru, one of the top quarterback coaches uh, in the nation. Uh, he does camps and trains a lot of top quarterbacks in the country, and he's also a close friend of mine. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing great this morning, man. I appreciate you having me on the show. I, pre- I appreciate you doing it man. So Steve, man, tell us a little bit about the things you got going on, what you've been doing. How's it how, well, let us know what's going on. Talk to us.
2: Well, uh well, the name of my company is Armed and Dangerous Football and I'm training I train uh, quarterbacks and receivers and running backs. Um you know, detailed camp situation that most uh youth kids and high school kids cannot get, you know, in their youth programs or their high school programs. So uh that's where, you know, my business kinda you know, flourishes.
1: So tell us, Steve, I mean, you spent you spent some years over in Europe, uh, play a little arena ball. We both kind of took the same route as far as football goes. Actually, we used, you know, we used to train together and I'll actually learn a lot from you myself. Um, tell us how you took, uh, you know, you know, a lot, lot of everyone's goals playing in the NFL, playing in NBA, playing in the majors, playing in hockey, whatever sport, you know, your your chosen sport may be. But sometimes, you know, it doesn't quite work out the way we want it to. You've obviously taking something that you've learned over the years in a passion. Uh, what made you decide to to start to start uh on dangerous football
2: well, you know playing over in Europe for nine years um you know it wasn 't my first goal, but you know trying to get into the n f l but it was an opportunity to play over in europe and once I got done, I wanted to uh definitely stay involved in it because i've still i've learned a lot over the years you know through coaches that i've come across and it was a little bit of an accident how on the dangerous came uh came to be um there was a situation where I was I'm getting ready for my last year um to go play in Europe and there was a there was a high school kid that was actually working out with me at the same trainer, um Lucius Smith, um is the trainer's name and uh the kid, Derek Shaw, his grandfather actually saw me throwing the ball after we would work out and and asked me, you know, could I show uh his grandson some of the things that uh that I was doing because his son was a a, a junior to be um at Oceanside High School. So we did that for the next four months. I ended up flying back to Germany. He played his, uh, junior season and ended up becoming the number one high school quarterback in the country. So, uh, Coach Enright, you know, uh, saw, saw everything that kind of broke down and said, Hey, I think you find your niche. This is something you should be doing full time, you know, helping quarterbacks. And that's how, uh, the Dangerous was started in, in, in 2004.
1: Let me ask you a question. I mean, in the age of the guru, the age of the trainer, what do you see is, is different from armed and dangerous football as opposed to other, tra- other quarterback uh, training uh, facilities or training camps? What, 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 do, you, what do you see is separates you guys from other people?
2: Well, I, I believe, uh, just the attention to detail, that we pay um, within our camps. Um, we really focus on fundamentals. Uh, it's not like it's not like uh we have these extraordinary training tools or different type of things we just really focus on the fundamentals of the game uh, and that if you have a, a great base fundamental fundamentally you you able to be successful at any level what,
1: what 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 was your passion as far as when you when you when you realized that okay i'm not going to play in the nfl and i know you know you talked about coach enright and i actually i remember that day i was there that day actually um, you talked about Coach Enright and Derek, and and how that came to be with Lucius and those things. But what was as far as when you first started with that? You started with one or two clients, and you build up you build up into this thing where you know you've been on ESPN. You know you've done you trained a lot of NFL uh, guys get ready for the combine. What keeps Steve Calhoun going? Well,
2: it's just to be able to to help you know athletes uh, reach their goal, and and. And there's no certain way on how to get there. So as far as you know, me training from EJ Manuel to to Cam Newton to Mike Lennon, it's uh, it's it's not a it's not a cookie cutter type of training. You have to find what fits them. And 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 when you see all the little drills and stuff we worked on in off season translate onto the onto the TV screen, that is, is what really drives me every day. And to do that, you have to continually to think out of the box on how to get the information that's in my head and to that quarterback or to that receiver to really understand, you know what what you want them to do.
1: It's interesting you say that, and as far as fitting into what the kid can do, because I do see a lot of coaches these days that, you know, the old my way or the highway. And correct me if you if you disagree. The old my way or the highway thing really doesn't work. Anymore, you know you can you can be. Let's just use a spread offense, for instance. You can no, be a spread a, offense guy, but I don't, I don't like that if you don't have a if you don't have the, the, the players, the personnel. If you have a quarterback, he can't throw five yards. We can't spread the ball out. We just can't right. do it. And a lot of coaches have an ego about that. Well, he needs to learn my way. But you got to be able to adjust. I feel like to what your players are doing, and your players have to be able to adjust back to you. Do you agree with that? I, I totally agree with that i don't want to I never look at the, the the weaknesses in my player
2: I look at their strengths and how I can build an offense or uh build uh um, certain type of structures that where they can be successful so i mean i always i mean I think offenses are always adapting to you know for the guys that are successful the coaches that are successful they adjust their their schemes and and their offenses to the players that they have because i mean sometimes you can't recruit. You know, a um, uh, Marcus Mariota from you know Oregon, or or a Cam Newton for for your spread offense. But you might have a quarterback like a Peyton Manning. So then you have to adjust. You know, you have a quarterback that's super smart and that can make all the throws, but he can't move that well. So let's protect him and and, and adjust your offense so he can be
1: successful. What is the difference to me, Steve? I mean, to you, between training guys? on the weekends or after practice or during the week and coaching them at their school (laughs) or if there Um, is a difference to you. Yeah. Yeah. To me, the biggest difference is,
2: uh, guys, uh, individual guys that come and, and allow me to train them privately or let me put it like this guys that pay for my services, for my training. They're very, very focused about getting better. They're very focused about getting better and so are the parents. So they they understand they might have an hour or maybe an hour and a half with you um, to get better. So they're really serious about that. And that's the difference, I believe, between high school kids. I mean, you have some kids that, that are that focused, but I think half of them just are kind of happy just to be on the football team and, and really don't see themselves playing on the next level. And they just kind of want to be hang out with the guys. And that's the, the frustrating part for me because now I am coaching at Buena Park High School. And my son's a senior there. And that's the frustrating thing to go out on the weekend, have one of my camps and I have 40 quarterbacks out there. I mean, from seven year olds to, to high school kids that are really serious about getting better. And then on that Monday, I come back and coach at my son's high school, high school team. And then there's maybe 10 to 15 guys that are just kind of just want to go through the motions and not be great. If you're going to do something, why not be great at it? And if you're not great, you can still be good.
1: You know, to touch on that note, and I know how much you love the game and how much you know, I love the game and we love sports and how serious we are about guys, if you want to do this, let's, you know, let's just take sports out of the fold. Let's just say we're not even talking about sports. Anything you do, you're going to have, you want, you want to work at it as best you possibly can, whether you be a doctor, a lawyer, quarterback, whatever, whatever it may be. You need to put forth the effort, and to me, and I know this is something we talked about before. Regardless of whether or not you make it to the pros or not, or whether you think you're going to make it to the pros, or make it to college, or you know get your education paid for, which is obviously for most people, and for you, it's the ultimate goal for young people. We should be anyways get that get the free education. That's the bottom line. It's a a great thing to walk out of a major university, University of Michigan, University of Florida, University of Georgia, University of Texas, Ohio State, with with the balance that says zero. You know, and so, so for me, let me, uh, well, the question I wanted to ask you was, say there's a kid, you know, who's trained with you for the past 10 years and he wants to become the next Steve Calhoun. What would be your advice to him?
2: Well, you know, it's, you have to start to formulate a plan right now, um, about your future. I, I think, uh, uh, a lot of, a lot of the time I see kids who really don't have goals. They just kind of live from day to day and really don't look out and and project themselves five or ten years from now, but uh, those kids who want to you know create their own business and and you got to be passionate about it because for me to go out and train quarterbacks or go out and coach football, it doesn't feel like work it doesn't matter what time of the day if I got to get up at six o'clock in the morning and and work to six o'clock at night. It doesn't feel like, oh man, I'm out here twelve hours. I you know, when I'm able to see kids get better, that that is the ultimate, you know, goal for me and, and that and and that keeps me going. That absolutely keeps me going. So I mean, to answer your question is you really have to start to plan um, for the future and, and the other thing is surround yourself with people that has the same goals and the same focus that you have because there's some days that you're not going to want to get up and and go work out or go train or something like that and then you have two or three other friends that's going to make you get out of the bed and make you study and do that work and and help you stay
3: focused.
1: Since you mentioned that and I'll, I'll touch on that as far as surrounding yourself with people that have the same goals even in, for young people, and I'm, I'm, I'm talking to people that are listening to parents, that are listening out there. If you, your kids, to make it to the top, you have to make sacrifices. If you want to play on Saturday afternoon or be successful just on Friday afternoon, you're going to have to make sacrifices to do so. Nothing yeah, is going to be handed to you. And I don't think that a lot of people realize that You know, you know there's politics and everything. But the bottom line is you have to take care of the things that you can take care of. Absolutely. You know, and that starts with the biggest thing for me is, and we'll, and we'll touch on this in a second, but education. Yes. You know, that's a big part of it. Guys don't, you know, proper rest, dieting, you know, do I, am I willing yes. do I want to play Nintendo games? Do I want to study film? You know, do I want to go hang out with my friends? Do I, need to, do I want to take care of this math homework? Because, you know, Absolutely. see guys every year, they get left behind because they didn't take care of the things in the classroom. What to you, what advice do you, do you give kids that you work with, you know, who aren't taking care of their books? And, you know, you're going to run into kids that are going to have a lot of talent. And you're probably going to have a lot of talented guys that come work with you, as I do, that come work with me, that aren't going to make it because they don't want to take care of the small things. What advice do you give those kids?
3: You
2: know, you know, I just try, I just, to, I try I just share to share my story. I try to share my story, story you. with kids every day as far as I'm a kid that grew up in Santa Ana. Um, and, and through football, just, just staying on course, uh, continue to listen to my parents and, and, and my brothers and my close friends about reaching your goals. And through football, through the vehicle of football, I've been to 14 different countries. Countries. I play football all over the world and through that, it's all about networking. It's all about networking. And so, um, I share that story with the kids and they're just like, wow, you know, I speak a, I speak a, I speak fluent German, you know, through football. I would never learn how to speak German if I wasn't able to go and play football in Germany for nine years. So you just try to, you know, continue to remind them that, you know, you have to, you have to do, if you want to, Play in college, you, you have to do your, uh, get the schoolwork. You have to have great grades. You have to pass SAT. You have to go through the clearinghouse. And coaches um, are doing a better job at, at keeping kids on task. But it really comes down to the parents and then also the player to send the film out to the college coaches and, you know, understand how to go through the clearinghouse and just ask questions. You know, go talk to your, your school counselor to you know, to make sure everything is done. So you just have to really stay on task. And you know, and I always use this example with my with my son. I said a lot of kids hear me, but a lot of kids don't listen. They don't listen. And exactly. that's that's the biggest difference.
1: I I one hundred percent agree with that. And now your son, uh you know, you, you can go ahead and say he just committed to UTEP. I will put that out there. Um Absolutely. so any, anybody anybody great. looking for a great player <laughs> Nick is a veteran, yeah. Steve. <laughs> but Steve, um, you know, you grew up in Santa Ana. Yes, sir. You, you talked about that. You grew up in Santa Ana. Um, what were some of the distractions that you may have had, and some of the things you had to overcome?
2: Well, I mean, just just the the, the game situation um, in Santa Ana that was so prevalent with the Bloods and the Crips, and it was it was everywhere. But me having four older brothers and two older sisters, you know, to kind of Deflect all of that um, away from me, and keep it away from me, and just it, it helped me just to focus on my schoolwork and also you know playing sports. But, but but those were the biggest hurdles to get over. And you know some of my close friends who I, who I thought were my close friends wanted to play football but wanted to kind of live that fast life and, and got caught up in the system. And, uh, and and you just can't do it. You can't live two lives. You got to pick one or the other. Because at some point in time they're going to cross paths, and
1: you know you're going to lose one. So, oh, I always tell kids, you know, there's going to, at some point. there's a fork in the road. You you got to pick which way you want to go, and the Absolutely. bottom line is usually both of them are dark roads. So you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you can go left or right. You know, so and so I you know I, I tell young kids that all the time. You know, the choices you make today can cause problems for you down the road. And it may, not be right, it may not be right away. It could be, you know, 10 years from now. I mean, I always use a situation like with Randy Moss, you know, coming out and got in trouble in high school. You know, seven years later, he's getting drafted, and it was an issue. Now, Randy Moss wanted to have a Hall of Fame career, one of the best to ever play the game. I understand that. But that's money that he'll never get back. That's no money that it. he's lost. And you'll never, you'll never get those things back. So you have to, people always say, oh well, I'm only 14, I'm only 13, I'm only 15. Yes, but guess what? You are a human being. And now one thing for sure that we do know, everyone's got a video camera. Everyone does. Yeah. We carry around with us all the time. And most of us can't live without it. You know, and everything's on camera, everything's on tape, and everything, these texting, and these Facebooking and things like that, make good decisions. That's it. You know, make That's good it. decisions. Hey, Steve, we gotta take a little bit of a break. Uh, when no I when to come back. Um the game has changed a little bit, uh with quarterback in position from a time when you played in high school to now. We won't talk about that. But get done sports radio, we back in two minutes.
2: flagship station for sports
1: voice america sports get it
0: done sports is one of the top sporting event facilitators and athletic trainers in the country get it done sports works with athletes to become the best they can be through speed agility and weight training as well as junior high and high school football camps get it done sports provides an environment that fosters teamwork Discipline, responsibility, respect, family values, and of course, hard work. With specialized instruction and programs, low athlete-to-coach ratios, and an encouraging learning environment, every athlete gets the level of attention required to improve their skills. At Get It Done Sports, our objective is to develop the next generation of leaders, citizens, and athletes who will become the role models in our communities. For more information about Get It Done Sports training and football camps, please go to www.getitdonesports.com. In life, there are those who make excuses and those who get it done. You only live once. Get it done. The opening kickoff is a beauty. There's a private- Got it! With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here.
2: From high school to the pros, we, we, cover we cover everything. Let your voice be
0: heard. Voice America Sports. You are tuned in to Get It Done Sports Radio with Karif Bird. We'd love to hear from you on the show today please call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to info at getitdonesportsradio.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Get It Done Sports for all your speed, agility, strength training needs, and sports performance. Don't forget to visit our website at www.getitdonesports.com or email us at info at GetItDoneSports. We are back. Uh, our guest today is Steve Calhoun. Steve. Yes, sir. We talked about, we touched on this right before the break. The game has changed a lot. Yes. The game has changed a lot in five in the past, since five years ago. The game has changed tremendously since 1987 or 88. What do you see... The di- tell us what do you see the differences are, other than the obvious ones that we know, but tell us what do you see some of the smaller differences and how it's helped and hurt the game?
2: Um, I think, uh, first of all, as far as the game changing, uh, kids are, uh, are finding specialized coaches to go to, whether it's offensive line or receiver coaches like yourself and strength and conditioning coaches or quarterback coaches. So the fact, I think kids are better. Uh, better football players um, and the speed of the game and uh, their football IQ with Xbox and and PS3 and and the NCAA and the, and all those video games. It really allows the kid to get his football IQ up, and then along with the training um, that kids are going through, and they're starting at an earlier age. Um, that right there has really take the uh, taken the game to a whole nother level as far as how it's being played and attention uh, to details um, that the game is, uh, or the kids that are able to focus on it now. Um, how does it hurt? Um, well, um, how does it hurt is kids don't play more than one sport now. Because I have, I have an 8-year-old kid that trains, uh, comes and trains with me quarterback-wise for the whole year. Doesn't play basketball, doesn't play uh, uh, baseball. And I think that hurts. I think it doesn't allow them to be a kid anymore, um, because they're just so focused on getting better. Because they understand the, um, how hard it is to to get a scholarship. So you, you're competing with everybody across the country now. So those are the
1: couple of things right there. Well, let me ask you a question about that now. And I and I agree with that. But do you do you feel that because everyone's doing it, is it really that bad? Because I well, have, I, I'm kind of, right? I, I agree with what you're saying, but I'm. I kind of get caught on the fence with that one a little bit because I'll say that, and then I have to turn around and say, well, but everyone's doing it. Do you understand where I'm coming from with that? I do. I do. Um,
2: Well, everybody is doing it, but I think you you really need to. I think playing another sport, um, for for example, basketball, baseball, could enhance you as a football player Um, because, I mean, first of all, you don't want to get burnt out on the sport even though if you're passionate about it, but at a young age, um, I don't think you can really focus that much attention on one thing. Um, So I think, you know, to play another sport kind of give you a little bit of a break, and also it can help you in other areas of football if you do play another sport.
1: Where do you see the game in 10 years from where it is right now? Okay, we got all this media coverage and... You know, there's 20 ESPNs, there's 20 Fox Sports, there's, you know, that HBO's involved and everything. You know, it used to be, they only had the inside the NFL and HBO once a week. Now there's stuff on all the time. Uh, yeah. This is sports in general. Where do you see the game itself financially, and where do you see the game as far as recruiting-wise, uh, high school football, and even youth football? Well,
2: I, I want to start with recruiting. Um I think that uh most colleges they don't do a good job of recruiting because before all the internet access and the YouTube and stuff like that, those coaches used to actually act, they used to actually have to go to the school, see the player, go to the high school game and really see if he could play or not. But now you can just, you know, with a, a mouse click, you can pull up any film in the country, you know, and um and, and see those players. Um, and a lot of kids are being recruited from the 707 leagues, but I believe that that's not real football. It's great off-season training, but I don't believe you should get recruited from what you do in T-shirt, t- uh, t-shirt and shorts. Um, so just, I mean, the, the media uh, is going to be even more accessible to kids. Um, that right there is going to be interesting how it's going to be in 10 years. Um, as far as the youth, youth sports, um, I think it's just going to continue to get better and better and better because more – I mean, I, some of my friends that's played football in college, they're back – now that now that they have kids, they're, they're back coaching those youth football uh, programs and their youth football teams. So I think the level of overall youth sports are, is going to continue to get better because, I mean, I know there's just some dads who are really passionate about the game and they're trying to help out their kids, but they're not as uh, – um, have has that much Ball knowledge seven. to Ball really seven, do a seven,
1: great yeah. job so I'm sorry you, I'm sorry. you mentioned you, mentioned, um, you said something, something a second ago and you mentioned and I'm going to go back to this and not to cut you off but I want to go back to this before we get too far away from it something you said that was very important because I guess last week May mentioned the same thing he said recruiting he said the thing that has kind of hurt recruiting is coaches don't have to be as proactive as they used to Yes. Now, what do you think they miss by not being so proactive?
2: Well, I think they just they get enamored with the size, um, the size of kids. But are they really good football players? I think being able to go and and, and go up to a high school and be able to talk to a kid. Um, and and really get a feel for what type of person he is and and who he was, uh, surrounds himself with and you know and and how is he in the classroom um i i you know i don't think um coaches are doing that I think they're just kind of just going off there all these recruiting services that you can you know that i I think every college in in the country has access to a recruiting service where they can just kind of look online and, and go oh, okay. Oh, I like this kid, you know, and see some of his film, and you know when you recruit a kid off off his highlight tape when you get an offer from a highlight tape it 's uh that that 's pretty interesting to me
1: I agree hey Steve. My co-host Erin, she's quiet over here. She doesn't really say anything, but she said she she says she has a question for you. So I'm I'm so happy she's
4: going to ask. Hi, Steve. Hi, how um, you doing? I'm good. So all of the things that you've spoken about up until now um, put a lot of expectation slash pressure on the kids, um, and clearly we all know that the parents are the ones behind the kids that are making all of this stuff happen. They're getting uh-huh. them to their practices. They're signing them up with special coaches um, they're sending in the films the kids aren't really doing that themselves so when you're involved um, with what you do and the the program you have when you're involved with these parents how do you walk them through this process because quite frankly I you know I have a senior as well and okay. um, this last summer you know he was recruited and it was such an overwhelming process for me and I think that these um, for baseball and um, and it, in, and so I think that there's so much education and there's so much information out there it's almost yeah. overload. How do you filter that information to be the right information for these parents to do make the right decisions and and do the right thing for their kids? Well oh, man, man. <laughs> that was a know, fully loaded I, question I, I'm sorry
2: no no, no that's fine that's fine. Um, well, I try to uh, write down or try to make a blueprint of how. Um, I did with my son, um, all the all the, the hoops and the hurdles we had to jump over and all the um, the private coaching and going to visit, you know, college campuses and stuff like that. So I try to make a blueprint um, and to be able to give to parents on this is how you do it, this is what you don't want to do, this is what you do want to do. And, and so they don't have to really be so overwhelmed with the whole process. Cause it's not that bad. The process is not that bad. Once you understand, you know, three or four things that you have to get done as far as helping your son be recruited, that's really, that's all you have to do. And his play on, on Friday nights or, or, or on Thursday nights, that will do the rest. That will absolutely do the rest. So I've created, you know, a blueprint for, for my parents who, who come and ask me questions about that.
1: Steve, you mentioned the seven on seven. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, we talked about this before. Now, and I'm gonna use that as a way to transfer over to the way the game was played 20 years ago, as opposed to now. Uh, seven on seven, I, I agree with you. It's a, I think it's a great training tool for the kids all season. To kind of keep them and keep them sharp with route running, going against coverages and things, and then also seeing new competition every week. Yeah, but, yeah. With the, with the way the flags being thrown all over the place on the football field for touching somebody. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, and I look at some seven on seven, it's a little rough. Yes. I yes, agree. Really. I remember you, when we used to work out together, you'd always say, hey, man, what you do in pajama workouts doesn't matter. It's what you do <laughs> in the contact. But the way seven seven is being played and the way they're playing tackle football. They're not that far apart at this point. What do no. you think? What do you think about that? Well,
2: well, you know, I mean, as far as further, um, offense drives uh, the sales, you know, the, the excitement in the game. I don't think, I mean, you got to be a really true diehard football fan to be able to enjoy, enjoy a 10-7 game. But for the fantasy, but now with fantasy football being as big as it is, and you get points for how well your quarterback does and your receiver does, and and how many yards your running back run for, and all that stuff, that right there is what's what's driving the financial side of sports. So, more business people in football they understand that, so they're just trying to make the game, you know, what they they what they would call safer. But I think it's actually. It's hurting the the defensive side of the guys because, I mean, when you see a game full speed and you see um, a decision by a free safety or linebacker on how he's going to tackle this running back or receiver, and he has just half a second to try to make that decision on where you're going to hit him, you know, that's asking way too much on on the defenders. You know, I mean, we have better helmets, better, uh, you know, equipment overall. I think they need to, you know, allow the game to, you know, kind of go back, you know, at least 10 years, you know, to get that physicality back. Um, but that's, I don't think it's ever going to happen. <laughs> I think it's going to get uh, softer and softer and softer because of, because of the fantasy football plays and, and how much the offense really drives sales and the excitement for the fans.
1: Well, one one problem I see too, though, you know, and everybody's trying to worry about the, the, the head the head concussions and things like that, but I notice a lot of guys are going really low. Yeah, yeah. And as a player, and I, I, I'm i sitting there watching, you know, receivers going across the middle, and I'm thinking, you know, I almost would rather you hit me up top. Mm-hmm. I heard con- right. was Tony Gonzalez said, hey, man, I'll take the concussion as opposed to you. You know, I'm out for a couple weeks, and I'm done. That's my career. What do you think about things like that? I mean, I th- because I... When I heard him say that at first, I was like, I don't know about that. But then I realized, wait a minute, you know, if I blow out a knee, I'm done. You know, guys played for years with concussions.
2: Yes. Well, I think the concussion situation is, I don't think the helmets are as, uh, they say that they're they're safer, but they're they're using thinner material to make them even lighter. Um, I think the helmet that, you know, we used to use in high school, the old bike helmet, you know, had the little spider webbing. Yeah. <laughs> um you know, you don't take your helmet off and you have that little design in your in your hair. In your I hair, think yeah. and and they were much heavier so therefore your neck was stronger and just that whole that that whole thing. I really think I think there was less concussions back then, but then people say, Well well kids but are bigger, you know. stronger, faster now and that's why the impact has come." But to, to go back to your question, I would definitely have somebody Hit me up higher um, in the chest or shoulder or neck region than to hit me in my knee, you know, to, to where I couldn't, you know, recover from that and be able to play again.
1: Notice he didn't use the word, he didn't say head. He only said he stopped at the neck, so he still don't <laughs> want to get in the head. But that's, but that's a good point, though, because I, I'm, I'm watching and I'm thinking, you know, I, I have to agree with him. I don't, I don't want to get hit in the knee either, because at some point, you know, your knee's going to be straight. It's gonna be a straight yes. leg. You're gonna be straight leg. If he catches you, then I mean, that's it. I mean, I'm uh, Munchie Lagoon, the kid from uh, Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. Yes. You know, I, I watched him his knee. I mean, he stepped into his throw, nice throw everything, oh, and someone dove into his knee. I don't want that. You know, Marcus Lattimore last year, you know, luckily for the kid he'd get an opportunity to play in the NFL still. But I just remember thinking, you know, look at how think about how much money is laying on the field when I saw Absolutely. Marcus Lattimore how much money is there laying on that field right now? That that is that is $20 million signing bonus right there laying on the field. No doubt. You know, because you can't hit guys up up high. You know, they're, you know? they're, they're throwing the flags.
2: You know yeah, have, to, to kind of add on to that, you know, the, the, the targeting rule, you know, I mean, half of the situation when uh, a kid does get hit in the head is because, they, they dip their head to try to avoid some of that contact or some of the blows. And so even though the defender is actually, you know, targeting their chest, you know, it's just a natural reaction when somebody is going to hit you. You kind of duck down to brace yourself and drop your head. And that's where I think half of the, um, the concussions or the, the head shots are coming from.
1: You know, Marcellus Wiley touched on that uh, about two years ago. He said, look, I'm coming at you. I am aiming for your, for your waist. Right. When you duck... You put your head down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and I see that happen a lot. And I, I think that that needs to be a, a more of a judgment call on the referee's part. Hey, man, well he went after him, when, when, I, when I came at you, when I got low to hit you, I was, at, I was at waist level. Now, when you drop down to try to avoid the contact, I'm probably going to get you in the head. And I think that that rule needs to be adjusted. Uh, in football, to say, well, you know, he he started off. That's where he was. I mean, it's going to have to get that technical. Because so if not, we're going to be we're going to be going to Dick Sporting Goods, and we're going to be getting flags to pull off. Right. Sp- now, to, can-
2: to expand on, on, on your on your comment there, I think the fact that they're using instant replay for touchdowns, I think they need to use it for controversial targeting calls. You know, I believe, you know, I mean, when you go back and look at it in super slow, you can see that the the defender is targeting for the chest, but the fact that the guy, you know, uh, drops his head to uh, avoid the blow, I think they should, you know, they have access to, you know, to that on on video now. So I think they should use that, and that will, you know, definitely help out the uh, defenders again.
1: As opposed to winning after the game is over with and you're sending a kid a fine uh, on Tuesday. A Wednesday, saying, "Hey, you got to pay fifteen thousand dollars for that hit right now. Mm-hmm. Take two minutes out of the game, look at look at the film, decide whether yeah. or not it should have been a flag or not. Instead of waiting until until uh, until Tuesday to send me a uh, fine piece of paper to say my, my chick's going to be fifteen thousand dollars short." Absolutely, for Absolutely. sure. Well, Steve, man, hey, we got to take a break. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you stepping in. Okay. Uh, Armed sure and dangerous every- football. Steve Calhoun, for all your quarterback training needs, the best in the business. Thanks for coming on, Steve. Take I appreciate care. appreciate it. on, man. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be back in two minutes. Get it done, sports. Get it done, sports radio. For all your training, speed and agility needs, and pro performance, get it done, sports radio. We'll be back in two minutes.
2: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds
3: barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA,
2: NHL, speak up, speak up or forever hold your mouth.
1: We ain't playing around here.
2: Voice America Sports.
1: The get It
0: Done Sports is one of the top sporting event facilitators and athletic trainers in the country. Get It Done Sports works with athletes to become the best they can be through speed, agility, and weight training, as well as junior high and high school football camps. Get It Done Sports provides an environment that fosters teamwork, discipline, responsibility, respect, family values, and, of course, hard work. With specialized instruction and programs, low athlete-to-coach ratios, and an encouraging learning environment, every athlete gets the level of attention required to improve their skills. At Get It Done Sports, our objective is to develop the next generation of leaders, citizens, and athletes who will become the role models in our communities. For more information about Get It Done Sports training and football camps, please go to www.getitdonesports.com. In life, there are those who make excuses and those who get it done you only live once get it done
4: the job of a professional athlete is never complete
3: Your internet flagship
2: station for sports, Voice America Sports.
0: You are tuned in to Get It Done Sports Radio with Kareef Bird. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Please call in to 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to info at GetItDoneSportsRadio.com. Now,
1: back to the show. Get It Done Sports. For all your speed, agility, and strength training needs, go to GetItDoneSports.com or email us at info at com. The top speed and agility strength training program in the nation. I'm your host, Kareem Bird, and we are back. Um, Lorenzo Reyna. The Cali Gold That's Mine, sure. the Cali Gold Mine, the the recruiting guru of the West Coast. Thanks for coming on, my brother. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, what's going on? What's not good? too, not too much, man. We just, you know, here's the thing, Lorenzo. You know, one of the things we we like to do on the show, you know, is obviously we're we're in it to help young people inform people to let them know, you know, about the recruiting process, you know, life after sports, those kind of things. Give them an insight. an insight away from the actual game or sports themselves. Um, And Mm -hmm. one of the things that you, and I I know you can attest to is everyone is looking for the opportunity to, to play at the next level, but most importantly to get their education paid for. Because like we talked about before uh, on last segment, you know, it's a great thing to walk out of a university with a balance that says zero. Mm -hmm. And I know one of the things that you do is help young people, Get noticed. Who otherwise, you know, no one's really talking about that. You like to find the sleeper kids. You like mm-hmm. to find kids that no one's really talking about, but they have talent, mm-hmm. and they're and they are scholarship kids. Well, won't you tell us a little bit about how you came about with uh, the Cali Gold Mine and what exactly does it do? Well, Cali Gold
3: Mine. Think of it as this: it's Scout.com, Rivals.com, twenty-four-seven sports, but it's basically my recruiting perspective. And not only that, I try to go as in-depth as possible with including the kid's grades, um, including characteristics that the kid has maybe off the field, and obviously what they do in when they hit the gridiron. So the main thing for me is that, I mean, it's not just the Central Valley kids, since I'm in the Central Valley's backyard. I mean, different camps that I've gone to, I've been able to notice a kid that, as you said, Kareem might be a sleeper, might be a guy that comes from a small city, might be a guy that might be like the third or fourth best player from a powerhouse school, but yet he's doing he's doing the kind of things that allow him to get noticed, and that's where I come in. I mean, I basically just try to do what I can to blow kids up on my blog, Cali Goldmine, and then I also look and see if they have a huddle film or some kind of highlight film because a lot of schools that I talk to, a lot of four-year university schools, regardless of um, whether they're mid majors or at the BCS level, they're going to want to see film on a the kid. They're going to want to see like what strengths and weaknesses they have. They want to know what kind of kid they're looking at before they decide to to offer a scholarship to the young man.
1: So ca- character plays a big role in them being a part of the Cali Goldmine. It's not about just talent. you ha- you have mm-hmm. to have you have to have a good character, and you have to have grades what do you see is the biggest downfall to young people these days especially for kids who sleepers guys that aren't being talked about what do you see are the downfalls and what are some of the reasons why they're not being looked at
3: i think realistically what it is is that maybe the sleeper kid isn't hitting up certain tournaments or they're not hitting up any tournaments, or or seven on sevens at all i mean one of the things that I stress a lot to kids, I mean, you don't have to go to every camp. You don't have to go to every 7-on-7 seven seven tournament. But choose the ones where you know you're going to get noticed. National Underclassmen Combine is one of them. That's where Dinuba's Marcus McMarion went before he started blowing up, before Oregon State made the offer. And you know that name pretty well, career because he was at the Get It Done stuff. Yeah, he, he, he got, he got his California offer California camp. for Yeah, he got yeah, his he, he was offered on the, pretty much on the spot by Oregon State. But, had to, had to I mean, you're right. My own suggestion to these kids is that you can choose two to three. Choose two to three camps and choose the camps where you know where it's close enough. You know you're going you're gonna to get noticed. You know it's not going to cost your mom and dad an arm and a leg. But at the same time, it's like here's the other thing that I stress as well. I know I've talked to certain kids and certain parents where they admit to me that their kid gets kind of overwhelmed by the level of talent that's out there. Because some of these camps, especially like a Rivals camp, they're going to have like the four or five-star guy. Well, I tried to tell parents, it's like, well, you know what? You have an opportunity to get either one scholarship or five scholarships. Take advantage of it. But don't worry if, you, if you're going against a guy like a Joe Mixon who, who's a five-star or a guy who's got like scholarship offers from Georgia,
1: Alabama, all that. I mean, just take advantage of the opportunity. Joe Mixon's a player, by the way. I really, really like that kid. I think he's the best running back in the nation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> me too. I, I think he's a better when i when he came to the when he came to the Oregon State camp, I looked at that kid. I was like, just just when he walked up i didn't even I didn't even need to know if he played football or not i did, he just looked like he looked the part he looked like a football player absolutely but but let, so let's use Joe Mixon as an example, okay you know let's say Joe Mixon's at a camp. And if I'm a parent, and I'm, a, I'm really going back to what you said a second ago, as far as, you know, he gets overwhelmed by the talent. What does a parent think is going to happen when he gets to campus? Repeat that again? I'm sorry. When you, when you go to a camp and you said parents get overwhelmed, they say, well, the kid gets overwhelmed by the talent that's there. Mm-hmm. What, what do parents – my question to that is, it just, I'll, I'll just say it flat out. If you go to college – You step on campus, there's going to be overwhelming talent. There is overwhelming Mm -hmm. talent at USC, regardless of whether or not they're winning or not. Okay? There is overwhelming talent at Cal, regardless of whether or not they're winning or or not. There's overwhelming talent at Ole Miss. There's overwhelming talent at Florida. There's overwhelming Mm -hmm. talent at Texas. There's overwhelming talent at Ohio State. And let me tell you something. There is ridiculous amounts of talent at Alabama. Yes, if you can't handle the camp situation, how are you gonna handle those situations? This is something like that every day. Mm-hmm. You know, so what you know, when when parents say certain things was a lot of a lot of talent, I mean, that's what it's gonna take. It is a it is a uh everyone's looking for the next great guy. Mm-hmm. And in order to be the next great guy, you gotta prove yourself to be the guy amongst the other great guys. Mm-hmm. So you know when when I so when I hear I hear parents saying things like that all the time, but the bottom line is you're gonna have to compete, and this you're competing as if you're competing for a job. Now it may mm-hmm. be the fact that you're young, and you know, I understand these kids are 16, 17 years old, but the bottom line is there's a lot being invested into you, and you have to show that you're going to be able to handle that size of an investment. Are you worth it? It's the bottom line. You know so. Let me ask you a question. What is next for Caligoma?
3: Next for Cali Goldmine, I mean, I just, I do everything in my power to keep track of what's going on, not only just in my area, but what's going on in Southern California, what goes on in Northern California, San Diego area. I mean, it's one of the things too, and this is probably um, one of the main messages that I hope can also get out to parents as well, to parents and even players, you're more than welcome to email me your your highlight film. You can send me stats. I mean, you can email Callie Goldmine at com, and you can could, you could do that at any time, and I'll do whatever I can to, to just get your name out there. And um, I also got a Twitter handle as well. It's LJ underscore Raina at Twitter, and the LJ is also capitalized. So, I mean, you're more than welcome. Now, but here's the thing. I handle mainly California prospects at the high school level. And the only time I handle J.C. guys is if they're they're at a J.C. in California. So I've also blown up a few junior college boys as well. So, I mean, I, I'm pretty much as available as I can. I mean, I try to make myself available to whatever whatever parent or whatever prospect has any questions on the recruiting front because let's be real, there's a lot of questions. There's not just one question. There's a lot of questions when it comes to stuff like this.
1: Let me, uh, Lorenzo, do me real quick. Can you spell out your email address and your Twitter? Email address, it's Cali,
3: C-A-L-I, G-O-L-D, M-I-N-E,
1: at gmail.com, and everything's lowercase. Okay. And spell out your first name for for everyone, too, so they can look you up. Lorenzo, it's spelled L-O-R-E-N-Z-O. Okay. And last name. And last name. Last name is Reyna. R E Y. In, in, in. for sure, we want to make sure we get you the pub that's that's all we want to do my, my my engineer was saying, "Hey, man, get him to spell all that out for us too so mm-hmm. lorenzo when you um when, when you go to different games and things like that, how often do you see sleepers and the reason why I asked that question is because there are a lot of guys out there i mean i, I you know I see guys often, but what how do you distinguish between uh, a, a sleeper, sleeper, and then just a sleeper?
3: You know, a sleeper, sleeper to me is a guy that comes from a small city like a Dinuba or, or Mendota, which is just outside of Fresno. Or I work in Really, too, and Really got at least maybe two or three sleepers in. I mean, during the shadow of Fresno, Fresno has a population of over 500,000 people. And I'm sure there's people in Southern California, like in the smaller cities of Southern California, more so like the Inland Empire. I'm sure that there's one or two guys that are sleepers as well. Now, my whole thing is is that I look at not so much the stats of what a guy's doing, but I have to look, I have to examine closely at what's allowing them to have. Like if you're a running back, what is it that's getting you those 200 yards in a game? I mean, is it your vision? Is it your your ability to cut back? And if you're an offensive lineman, is it your your size, your your quick feet, um, your your force, your brute force? and run blocking, I look for those things. I mean, you, in a sense, it's like, you have to have a good attention to detail. You have to have a good eye for, for talent, regardless if this kid is, is getting like five scholarships or this kid has zero scholarships at all. I mean, just really, really examine
1: the little things, so to speak. So, if I had, if I had a son, Mm -hmm. and he played wide receiver for instance what would be things and no no one had ever heard of him before how important do you look at stats and some people are going to say well stats are everything but i mean i could be in a situation where you know it's a primarily a run team and the quarterback Mm -hmm. may not be that good Mm -hmm. so how how would how would how would i distinguish between those two and And I'm asking this question not as a challenge, but more as for listeners, because I hear parents saying all the time, "Well, my kid has forty five catches and he has no offers, but I have a kid who there's a kid over there's a kid at the next high school over who only has you know twenty catches and he has ten offers. What is the difference Well the difference is with the kid with the twenty catches, he
3: might he might have done the summer thing. He might have gone to different camps to get his name noticed. He might have also gotten connections as well. He might have gotten with trainers that have worked with Division One athletes or have worked with college level athletes who have perhaps been there before. Like get those sports. Yeah, and it absolutely. <laughs> as far as the kid with, um, here's the other thing too. You mentioned how a kid might have 45 catches, and the parents are saying, "Well." my boy has 45 catches and they're not getting offered. I'm going to be real when I say this. A lot of college coaches, they don't want to hear a single complaint about a parent. It, it's going to turn off a number of coaches because they're going to, because here's the thing is like, if their kid's not not getting playing time and the parents complain, what are the chances that coaches are turned away by that? What are the chances that coaches like, well, we don't want to deal with this person. We don't want to offer offer a scholarship, that sort of thing. So, now my, now the other thing too is that, I mean, for the kid that, that has the 20, 20, catches and still has 10 offers, I mean, to me, that right there speaks to the fact that he was going to some, some of the biggest camps that were available to him, like an underclassman combine or scout camp or a rivals camp or even a camp where there's coaches from Oregon State, Cal Poly, um, USC, they're going to that camp and whatever skill set they have, whether if it was their body control with catching the football, the way they're running the routes, their attitude. I mean, that's, that probably was, was what really caught the attention of these coaches to decide to offer a kid.
1: Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Lorenzo, man, let me thank you for being on the show and for the listeners out there, Lorenzo will be back from time to time to give us a little insights on who's being recruited and who's signing with who, Lorenzo, thank you so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it, man. Uh, Cali Goldmine, uh, Lorenzo Reyna. Uh, Facebook him, tweet, tweet him, go to his website. If you feel like your your kid's not getting the opportunities they need, uh, email Lorenzo the Huddle Film, and he'll help you out. Thanks, Lorenzo, for coming on, man. Get you again, more, brother. Thanks you know, again. And to my listeners out there, thank you so much for listening this week. We will be back, and we'll be back next week on Tuesday. Same time, same place. Thank you so much, Get It Done Sports Radio. And email us at getitdonesports.com. Thank you so much. Have a great week.
0: Thanks again for listening to Get It Done Sports Radio featuring host Karif Bird. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Until then...